This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Your Money on Business Radio. Let me introduce my uh, good friend, Ari Gorian, who's been on the show many times, probably the leading uh, show appearer uh, in terms of account so far. And he's the founder of and president of ACAP Advisors and Accountants. And like all other guests on this uh, show, he is fee only. Welcome back to the show, Ara. Thank you, Kent. It's great to be back. And uh, just remind us, I'll go back to the phone lines in just a minute here. Before doing that, just remind us our, a little bit about your firm. And if you have a typical client, what's your issue like? Sure, absolutely. So as you mentioned, like all your guests, we are fee only. And we're a little bit of a hybrid firm in that we are both a wealth management firm and we're also a full service CPA firm. So on the wealth management side, we basically offer two services. One is a one-time financial plan for someone who really doesn't want us to manage their money but wants to do it themselves but needs a little bit of guidance. So we do that one-time financial plan for them. And then for those individuals who want more of an ongoing relationship, we also provide that ongoing management as well. On the CPA side, we're a full-service CPA firm. We do taxes, which we're knee-deep in right now. We do uh, partnerships, corporations, individuals, the whole gamut. Excellent. And again, our Goring uh, is the founder president of ACAP Advisors and Accountants in uh, the Los Angeles area in California. If you got a question, now is a perfect time to give us a call here at 1 844 Wharton. That's 1 844 Let me go to Joshua calling from Illinois. How can I help with Joshua? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my sure. call. I am. Um was in a uh, partnership of uh, I operate long-term care facilities um, hmm. uh, for the mental health facilities. Oh. My wife is a administrator, and so so am I. Uh, my wife is, uh, we both are 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, as we uh, came upon um, uh, our partner, our majority owner, wanted to kind of refinance a couple, couple uh, buildings, um, and we uh, was unaware of the amount of debt, uh, the liabilities that he, uh, you know, kind of put on the books, but he's 49%. I mean, he's 51%. Uh-huh. So um, when he refinanced, all the money went to him, basically. And so didn't agree with that. And so we just started our, our, our own, uh, brought about three facilities in Missouri. Oh, wait, wait. Uh-huh. So he refinanced, but he took all the money, not 51% of it. He just basically pocketed and left you with the debt? Correct. So he owns 51%. Well, so that, that, may be, that may be the case, but there are still minority shareholder protections. You can't just walk away and loot the company and just you know keep the company in debt um, that way. So that's well, pretty interesting. But that yeah, sounds actually, like that, that that's kind yeah, of past I, news. I, I actually, so yeah, you're actually, uh, you're you're actually, on to a new, uh, but it, it's, we, we we actually hired and went to the court situation. Right. Unfortunately, since he was 51 and he had a management agreement with the management, he right. owns the management company right. that owns the lawyers and all. Owns okay, all that. so it, it sounds like that that that's percentage. that's old news yeah. anyway, right? It sounds like you're yeah, okay. All right, so let's move on to your let's on. let's so let's I, move on to your new thing. Yep. So we went in business for ourselves and you know uh, purchased uh, 3.7 million dollars worth of. Uh, the real estate and the operator, uh, which is uh, the long-term care facilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I went to get a uh, get a portion out of my retirement fund from a uh, local um, 
company that was uh, hiring my uh, taking care of my finance, uh, you know, my investments, retirement, that kind of thing. We had about two point three in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, excuse me, one point three between okay. us both. Um, as we went to uh, close uh, with a bank on a, a loan based off my retirement, my assets. Um, they did some type of review, uh, and then we questioned, and we now they're under investigation. All right, well, let's so, let's actually get to the question. What is it? What, how can I help you? So my my question to you is: I have five kids, thirty three years old. We're starting this business. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the 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 cash that I thought I had on a, you know, uh, lease. You know, if anything happens, you know, to 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 the company. Uh, is tied up and, and I, I could possibly lose it according to the SEC. And so uh, my question to you is, I have you know some debt on a house, a vacation home, or other things. Should I take uh, cash that I have, which is about 370 that I, that I, could, uh, uh, that I have, and, and pay these things down or pay these things off? Um, and because of, let's say, let's prepare for the worst. I do lose our investment, my wife and I's uh, life investment. Um, what would you recommend? Um, and I know these things right. kind of could have looked at. What yeah, this is. I, I will say this is a. It's very open. It's, it's really unclear what's happening. But it sounds. Let's just really focus here. I mean, it sounds like. Um, you have three hundred some thousand dollars, and you're trying to figure out. And it's just the only money um, that you, putting the building, the investments, and all that uh, stuff aside. Uh, it, this is this money would be used for your retirement and kind of your your emergencies. I mean, that's what that what uh, that's what that money would be used uh, used for. And so then the question is, are you thinking about using that money to throw into the business, or what? What is the trade off? I'm trying to get at. Well, you know, of course, when you're you're operating a business, you have to if it, if it you know if it loses money, you have to have that cash to put into it. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, and so that's the only per se cushion that I have, uh, if you will. Uh, my my question to you is that because uh, prior to this, our salary. Now, it's Joshua, let's really focus here. No, no, Joshua, we we need to really focus here, or else I'm going to have to move on because I, I this is so open that I'm not sure what's going on. Um, so the three hundred thousand dollars. No, no. Is, well, I had a salary before that, so my question is to you: Now that I'm in business for ourselves, yeah. is should I take the cash that I have and pay down my personal, um, you know, cars and vacation homes and things like that, um, to have cash just in case the business needs it? Because I can't rely on my retirement. Because right. you know it's 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 under investigation. All right, all right. Let's. So I mean, you have cash. It sounds like it's your main cash stuff, and you're not going to be freeing up things by paying down that. What? But maybe it still makes sense to pay down that. But what is the interest rate on those other debt in, uh, uh, things like your retirement home and so forth? Uh, so, um, uh, you know, interest rates. Uh, they're all. They're both fifteen year. My house that I live in now is. Uh, Oh, about three hundred sixty. Uh, What's the interest 000. rate, uh, Joshua? The interest rate is like three point. Okay, and but that's true on your investment property. That's true on the. You said you had other th other debts. What's the highest interest rate that you currently face right now? Uh, probably a commercial loan that has about twenty seven rent uh, rental properties. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, well, what's the interest rate, Joshua? 
about 4%. All right, 4%. All right, so um, it, 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 I'm not 100% sure how to proceed on this, but what, what we'll do is, uh, all right, it sounds like uh, this is his only kind of cash, and the highest interest rate he's, he faces is 4%. I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, probably given all the uncertainty and everything else, probably just uh, keep the cash for now and just try to... Uh, until everything else gets resolved. But your, your, your quick thoughts? I, I totally agree with you, Kent. I think the key word is uncertainty, and you brought the word up of SEC. So this is, I think, that Joshua, your question is beyond the really scope of a five- or two-minute conversation. Yeah. You really got to sit down and talk to someone and really lay everything out and come up with a game plan because us telling you to, to, to do something with your cash is going to be imprudent for you right now. You got to really talk to someone and see all the moving parts you got going on. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many th- stuff here, this background that's not uh, really germane to this, but then there's other stuff that could be germane to this. And what, what I would do, I mean, tell, what you've told me so far, there's a bunch of uncertainty here. I would keep cash. If you told me you faced some, you know, loan shark rate, a 30%, you know, loan, then that may change things. But, you know, e- e- even that, you know, <laughs> may uh, not change things. It depends on what's going on with all this other stuff. And the SEC thing, well, holy cow. Oh, that that is another wild card. So just just keep your cash for now and to try to resolve the uncertainty. But what I would be doing is really sitting down, not just with a fee only advisor, but also with uh, an attorney and a tax planner to really try to understand all these different moving moving parts. But really, when you I mean, don't think about the past. Just really focus. Uh, that's what threw me off at the beginning. Just really focus on uh, what are your options right now. Thanks so much for calling, Joshua. And uh, 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 let me go to Michael calling from Ohio. How can I help you, Michael? Hi, Ken. Um, my wife and I are 48 years old. Our house will be paid off in five years. We have two young children. And my mother is about to go through a divorce. She's wow. 58 years old. She doesn't have much income, like maybe 14000 a year. She really, um, she's a good person. She lives a clean life. She's just in a toxic relationship, and yeah. she's about to leave her husband, and she needs a place. And so my wife and I, we've maxed out our 401K, 403Bs. The kids' 529 plans are well um, equipped at this point. We have zero debt, and um, our house is valued at probably 360000 and it'll be paid off in about five years. And good. my question is this. We do not want to get – she has nobody else really to go to. We're the only people in the family that are in a position to um, help her at this point. Yeah. And so we're, we're thinking of buying a small property that's in the $105,000, $110,000 range. And um, we have $30,000 in an emergency fund per Dave Ramsey, and uh, we've got another ten grand in another account. So my question is, is, it, is this considered an emergency where um, – we could potentially take 30000 put it down on a $110,000 house, buy that property outright, and then find our – because if we go and get her an apartment somewhere, we're going to pay five, six, seven hundred a month and just throw that money yeah. away. Let me and ask you, is there that. capacity in your own house, or is that not something you want to consider? 
Yeah, you know, we definitely have the space, but I just am afraid of how it would affect the religion. We have two small children. Our kids are 10 and 11, yeah. and I just know what happens when you have family move in. It really can potentially ruin Yeah, that's fine. So let's just take that off the table then because that's not something, you know, I can make judgment on. So, you know, let me ask you about your other, you know, your. it sounds like you're doing great. So uh, good work on that. Uh, and I know that it sounds like you're doing, you know, maximizing your retirement and so forth. Uh, tell me about your household income and how stable is it? We have a household income of about 240000 yeah. a year, and it's very stable, and um, I don't see that changing at all in, you know, in the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, our, our plan— No, no, that, that, that's, that's good. What's your monthly expenses? Uh, just You don't have to itemize it for me. Just kind of total monthly expenses, ballpark. Are we talking about 5K, 10K? What are we talking about? Yeah, I would say um, forty-five hundred. Okay, good. So I'll even round up and say kind of five k. So it sounds like you have a lot of cash flow uh, potential here, which is uh, fantastic. And so you know, I don't believe in kind of these you know labels and so forth, whether this qualifies or not. This isn't a tax planning issue. It really is just about being you know prudent and facing uncertainty. And it sounds like you know you could imagine. It sounds like you have forty thousand bucks altogether and kind of safe money and a hundred ten thousand dollar house it sounds like you could actually put down a decent down payment on that still have some a, a cash reserve uh and then you know potentially even pay that thing off even faster given your big cash flow but you know are your thoughts oh so my thoughts um you know this i think this decision is both an emotional and a financial because emotionally yeah. your mother's involved and personally i would do anything for my mother so i would have sure. called that route of buying that house and, and having her have some place to live. Strictly from a financial perspective, I would look at it from if your mother was not living in the house, how much rent could you collect from it? So if you put mm. down 30000 you're putting 30% down, and let's say you've got maybe slightly slightly negative cash outflow because your mother's paying below market rent or she's paying rent to you instead of someone else. Uh, once you've got that paid off, how much do you anticipate really getting from that rental-wise, and then factor that into your equation and consider that as part of another part of your total investment portfolio because I personally am a big fan of having diversification, including uh, direct real estate. And if this is the only other real estate you have beyond your primary residence, then it might be a good long-term thing for you, especially since you're very young at 48 years old. Yeah. And so, Michael, would she be paying you some rent? Yeah, I assume that we would. She would probably be able to pay about two hundred, two fifty a month, and Good. what we've estimated the the mortgage would be on that would be about five hundred dollars yeah. a month. And I for, forgot to tell you, we're paying an additional five hundred to our principal and interest on our present wow. home. Wow! All right. Faster. So that money would then just be allocated instead of prepaying an additional five hundred a month. We would then essentially look at it like what yeah. like you just said. Uh, it would be diversification of our of our portfolio yeah. essentially. Okay, so it sounds like you're um, you're in good shape. I, I would do that. I mean, if you don't, if you really think it's better to her or live separately and not have an in law suite or something like that, then you know uh, buy the house. You probably could do comfortably twenty percent down payment and you know redirect some of your. Uh, quite frankly, you could probably given your cash flow if you if you're five thousand bucks. 
you know, a month is 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 approximately right. I mean, you're talking about sixty thousand bucks a year. Throw on some taxes, you know, still talking about you know quite a bit of cash flow potential left over. Um, so, you know, I think you're in good shape to make a twenty percent down payment, avoid the PMI on that, and then you could, uh, um, uh, you know, I think continue even to pay off your principal residence a little bit faster, as well as making those payments. Uh, and if she pay, makes half those payments for you. You're in pretty good, uh, good shape. So uh, good work, and thanks so much for calling, Michael. Uh, and let me go to Elizabeth calling. Uh, let me first reintroduce my guest, Ira Gorian, founder and president, ACAP Advisors and Accountants, doing a great job answering questions in the basin, LA. If you got a question for us, uh, now is a great time to call one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Let me go to Elizabeth calling from South Carolina. How can I help you, Elizabeth? Hi, um, so I am graduating from college, undergraduate in the spring, Good. and I'm going on to a dual degree JD Mac program um, in the fall. Yeah. But I have two hundred and sixty thousand dollars of debt for like student debt, and from your undergraduate. Yes, I made the horrible decision of going to a private liberal arts college instead of my state school that would have paid me to go there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but we we won't guess what school that is we're from talking about here. And I'm I'm only teasing you. So you, your JD, you said it's a JD MBA program, or what kind of program are you going into? Uh, it's a JD Mac, okay. uh, Masters of Accounting. Oh, okay. And you've already been accepted to this program. Yes, I have. Okay. All right. So you got a lot of student debt um, right now, and so then what do you? Uh, so how can I help you? Um, I would just. Wondering if, like, kind of what I should look at for investing to start paying that off. Because right now, I work at Starbucks, which, you know, doesn't pay that great. But it's mostly just for the healthcare. Oh, um, good. But ways that I can start um, trying to pay that down. Because right now, I'm just paying off interest every month. But okay. I want to maybe pay this off before I so die. So let me ask you um, uh, what... Uh, the type of loans that is 260. I mean, how much is it if it's kind of federal? How much of it's private? You know, give, give me some more information there. Um, so 150K of it are unsubsidized federal loans, and then the remainder are private. Okay. Uh, subsidized. So the 150 is, is federal and the rest is private? Yes. Okay. And so it's the private loans that those are the ones that you're trying to pay off right now? Yes, those are. Okay. Um, and I suppose that if, are you required to make minimum uh, payments on those or could you defer them until after your JD? Um, I could defer, but because they are unsubsidized, they would just keep accruing interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then interest on that yeah. interest. So is your, your question really, you know, you're making some money at Starbucks. This is great. Again, health insurance. Uh, whether or not to maybe open a, a Roth IRA with that money or to pay down debt uh, is my understanding. Is that the trade-off you're, you're facing? Yeah, because right now I, I am contributing to a 401k through Starbucks because they have a 5% safe harbor match. Yeah. That's immediately. Yeah. And... If there's one thing I took away from my intro to finance class, it's don't leave money on the table. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's great. The 5% matching and even getting that as a part-time job, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And so, uh, and how much emergency kind of cash do you have? How much, you know, of black powder do you got in a bank account or something like that? 
Um, almost nothing. Almost um, nothing. Okay. I I got I got declined to buy a single pack of ramen noodles last night. Oh wow, dude. So, um, I've got I've got a credit card, but I try not to put anything on that. Um, and thankfully, at least with the amount of money I've taken out in student debt, my like food and board is covered uh, through my tuition. Yeah, but still, um, it sounds, so you, you when you say you got declined, this is like from your ATM machine or you're from your credit card? Do you, you quit? <laughs> uh, from my debit card, I could not buy a 47 cent pack of ramen um, noodles. Dude, I, I'm, I, I feel like I have to send you a care package, then, Elizabeth. Uh, although it would not include ramen noodles. Um, but all right, so <laughs> I, I feel for you, man. Uh, but you need you need to have some emergency account because we don't want you starving on the street uh, uh, right now. It's always good to have some emergency account. But then the question is, after you get that up, do you move a little bit to kind of uh, take advantage of the four hundred one k or this interest rate? What's the private uh, interest rates that you're facing? Your the remainder, the non federal uh, debt. Um, the interest rate is, I believe, fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. So it's uh, hefty. Yes, I do not have credit. But still, for student debt, private rate fifteen percent. Wow. Whew, that's pretty. That's pretty high. So, uh, are your thoughts? Well, I'm still shocked by the fifteen percent. Yeah. I've never seen one that high, and we have a lot of clients with student loan debt. So. Um, uh, a few things. First off, Elizabeth, I, I want to commend you for being so on top of that at such a young age. It's really uh, great to hear that. You know, you're, it seems like you're very sharp, and really, even though you have very little savings on hand, but it makes sense because of kind of where you are with your career path. But um, I, even though, despite the 15% interest rate on your private loans, which I think is very high, yeah. I think the interest that you're paying now is still probably not enough to cover the interest expense. You're probably still having some go towards capitalization of that loan. So my recommendation would be to save that money instead of putting it towards an interest expense. Uh, save it, build up your emergency cash. It looks like you're going to be starting a JD Master's of Accounting program pretty soon. Uh, at that point, your income is going to pretty much halt because you're going to be focused on that program. Yeah. And then, you know, once you're done with that program, which is great because you're going to two really uh, great fields, accounting and law, your income at that point is going to be significant enough where you can uh, start scrolling away at that student loan debt, and you're definitely smart enough to know that you know at that point you're going to not spend as much and you're going to save a lot more and then start paying it down as quickly as you can. But I personally, I think you're on a really, really good path. The only thing I'd recommend right now is just build up your emergency cash reserve. Yeah, that's you know it, it, that that's definitely the the first stop here, Elizabeth. Get that cash reserve up, and we often don't think of that as for younger people, but it's absolutely applicable here. Uh, as you noticed yesterday, uh, for when you try to buy ramen noodles, and so I mean, I would uh, just build focusing on that right now. You might say that's crazy because after all, it's a much lower rate of return on an online savings account or something like that. But this is really if all, all goes well. Your JD and so forth it will uh, deliver, a, a, you know, good salary at some point. And then paying off these loans won't be as big of a struggle, even if you add some more debt uh, uh, for your JD. The one thing that you might want to consider again: this is a very high interest rate for student debt, even uh, even unsubsidized private. 
uh, credit. And it's almost like credit card levels, which is uh, pretty high. Try to see, uh, first of all, really make sure that that's right if it's 15%. Normally, it's around 6, 7, maybe even 8%. But try to see if there's some way of consolidating. Now, there's a lot of gimmicks, a lot of people you just got to be careful of out there who have the uh, loan consolidation or something like that. But if it really is 15%, start looking at your options for trying to do some type of refinancing of that just to try to get a better uh, uh, rate on that. But, you know, I completely agree. I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive to not go for kind of the uh, paying down the high interest rate. But you're at the point in your career that uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more cash flow later. Right now, it's really shoring up that base and making sure that you you have enough cash. So I'd get at least a few thousand bucks worth of cash, and I would actually do I'd prioritize that above your 401k right now, even with the match. Uh, and then once you have a few, a few thousand bucks in cash, something like that, maybe it's worth going for the free money at your 401k. But really make sure you got enough cash for the move to your new program. Uh, first first months. You know, uh, rent that may be required as a down payment. Some some places, you know, if you're moving there, they want first month's rent, last month's rent. I mean, just try to build up that emergency cash, and and only when you're really confident that you got enough there, maybe revisit that 401k. But by that time, it's maybe off to college again. So um, I, I'm okay if you just focus on cash, and even if that 15% is building up. But also then try to figure out if you can kind of refinance or consolidate. Just be careful. Uh, kind of who, who you're dealing with uh, and that's not hitting costs and so forth. So thanks so much for calling Elizabeth. Good luck with that. And again, good luck with the new program. It's going to really increase, you're really investing in your human capital and that's really important. So let uh, again, speak of Ari Gorian, founder and president of ACAP Advisors and Accountants in uh, the Los Angeles area. And give us a call. Love to answer a question here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Let me go to Chase calling from California. How can you help me, Chase? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks Good. for taking my call. Sure. Um, I may have some opportunities to reach out with um, the gentleman on the phone because I do live in Temecula, so all right, I may have to reach out for you with some added added takes sure. on the questions. But quickly today, I, I I took out a loan against my 401k. My company lets us take out to up to two. Yeah. So we bought a home, and I took out thirty thousand. I put down five point, I think eight percent. Uh, I got a decent rate on my mortgage, like 4.8. So ultimately, I do want to refi, but we do have some other debt that I'm thinking about taking a second loan. Um, so right now, on that first loan, I own I owe about 30, not 30, excuse me, 10,000. So I was thinking of taking a second one to cover that 10,000, pay that one off, and then take an extra seven to 10,000 to pay down some debts and help me boost my credit score because I won't have a high debt-to-credit ratio anymore. And then ultimately, in the next, say, five to six months, refi. So I'm not sure if that's a good idea. Okay, so just if I understand, you have a $10,000 loan already against your 401k. Uh, You are trying to take it. Outstanding, yes. Yeah, outstanding. You're thinking about taking another $20,000 loan, pay off the $10,000 with part of the $20,000, use the extra 10000 to pay off some other debts. And what's the interest rate in your other debts? Um, some of the, the credit card goes up to 
twenty something. All right, so pretty high, and you, and so all that yeah. money would be used to pay off that really high interest rate debt. And why do you have to take out another loan to pay off the a first loan? Is that a requirement of the of the your particular four hundred one k program? It is not, but you can only have two at a time. And I'm thinking from safety purpose, if there's emergency or something comes up, and I need that to take out more. I don't want to be hamstrung. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking that I should take half of that, pay it off, take the rest, use it to pay out debts, make some minor improvements on yeah. the house, and then boost my Yeah, I definitely I, I would not be making minor improvements with this. I mean, the 401ks okay. it, it would not be a great option uh, for that. But the high interest credit card. 8%. What's that? The loan from the 401 is 8%. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be using home improvements uh, for unless it's the, okay. my, my, my roof is leaking and, my, you know, dire, dire circumstance. But uh, so, all right, explain, you know, the, some of the potential issues, you know, in general with taking a, a loan against your 401k. There's certainly some risk involved, especially job separation and the, you're not accumulating for retirement. We haven't gone through all the financials, but just talk about the high-level right. issue. But then, I guess, you know, sometimes this comes up, you know, do you think about, are you comfortable with sometimes trying to arbitrage the rates of taking a loan out uh, versus, you know, paying off the credit card at uh, a higher rate? It's not a true arbitrage, but that's the way a lot of times people uh, think about it. No, that's a great point, Ken. So um, I would say, Chase, uh, the, the couple of things to keep in mind is if you were to leave your job, and what Ken was, Ken was alluding to is that your 401k loan, you're going to have to pay that off as soon as you leave your job. Correct. Something to kind of keep in right. mind, and that's going to be taxable income to you unless you pay that off. The other is um, you mentioned kind of using the loan proceeds to pay off the first loan to kind of give you a buffer in case there's an emergency so you can take out another loan if there is a case. Some 401k mm-hmm. plans, and you got to read the summary plan description to see if this is the case for you, they will not mm-hmm. let you take out uh, more than one loan within a calendar year. So mm-hmm. even if you pay it off, you may be restricted in taking out another loan within a 12-month oh, period. So you got to read your sum- you got to read your summary plan description really, really carefully to make sure that's not the case. The other thing is that when you pay off, when you take a 401k loan, you essentially now reduce the market value of your 401k, yeah. and you're using after-tax dollars to put money back into a 401k that you're going to get paid mm-hmm. tax on as ordinary income later on. So you got to keep that in mind when you're when you're taking out the 401k plan, and also. An eight percent rate, I think, is a little bit high for a four hundred one k as well. Yeah, it is. And what I would say, Chase, is that the four hundred one k dipping into it, using it as a loan, um, because all all the things that are just mentioned, and they really do add up. I, I, I view it as a really like last case, worst case scenario. I mean, I always ask people, even when they're facing high interest credit card debt, is there a way that you can really tighten the belt? And just, you know, you're not eating out. You're not doing fun stuff. I mean, you're living as carefully uh, as possible. Really tighten the belt for just a couple of years. I mean, and pay off that uh, high interest rate credit card. But if you're just kind of swimming in debt and there's no hope for any of that, 
And really important that high interest rate credit card was kind of one-off stuff. It wasn't a behavioral thing. You're not gonna once you pay off those credit card debts, you're not gonna be running out to, you know, uh, you know, buying you know a hot couture, you know, high fashion clothing again, uh, or trips to Paris, and things like that. I mean, I think if that if if that's really under control, the spending uh, and these are kind of one-off type things, then I I would say that. Uh, you know, potentially in, in that case, but only if it's really your last case, you know, last option uh, scenario. Uh, and so, uh, again, if only focus if you're going to do it because you just can't get or you're, you otherwise can't pay off this high uh, interest rate debt, go for it. But don't be using it for anything else except for that 20 plus percent. Uh, high interest debt. And then, of course, uh, he did what R just said, make sure that you can actually do take out uh, another loan within a 12-month period. So good luck with that, Chase. I uh, appreciate it. It's always a good reminder to remind people about all the uh, uh, rules about the 401k and all the dangers uh, associated with uh, borrowing against that. Uh, let me go to Steve Colling from Colorado. How can we help, help you, Steve? Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm in a in a in a, a crossroads of my life. I'm getting yeah. ready to retire. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I have a very nice business uh, that I anticipate selling probably in 2022. Uh, I expect to net after taxes somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million dollars. Okay. What do I do with it? Well, I I'll can tell let you know my. Um wire information and you know where you can send the no i'm, I'm kidding um so tell me uh, about uh, no, okay. yeah, that's right my <laughs> offshore accounts no uh, so steve so uh, how you based on this i mean is this because it, this is your own assessment of the business or yeah, no, you, actually, actually i'm working with one of the top mma companies in the country on this Okay, and they, they they think it's pretty reasonable that you can get that type of money. Uh, do you need that money? I mean, for 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 retirement, or what 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 do you think is the primary goal with this? A living more ret- a better retirement, a legacy to give away to take kids, care of my wife. To, to 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 do what? To take care of my wife. She's going to outlive me by quite a bit. I'm I have. That's a major health problem. Okay, so uh, so then the, the so the primary goal is to take care of her. Uh, and it, w- what other money on top of this uh, do you have? And how old are you? How old is she? And I, I'm sixty seven. She is sixty. Okay, and this would be uh, I assume she is she working in. Uh, uh, or is there is, is this She's working the, in the business that we're going to be selling? Okay, she'll be out of a job. Okay, sure. All right. So, and then outside of this twenty million, is this the? Let's even assume it is twenty million. That uh, I often put haircuts on this uh, just in case. But uh, it, would this be the main chunk of change, or would there be other assets? And um, let's let's assume it is. I mean, we have other assets, but they you know they're nothing close to this. Okay. All right. And uh, so, all right. I mean. Uh, Certainly, uh, trying to figure out what to do with this money, uh, keeping some cash around for out-of-pocket medical expenses and so forth. She's only sixty at this point, but does also, you know, maybe, you know, we we trash annuities on this show, um, especially variable annuities. But there might be even actually, potential for thinking about. We have we have we have some money in what they call a fixed variable annuity. A fixed variable uh, annuity. It sounds like an oxymoron, actually. It, it does. It does. <laughs> and, I, and I and I still don't quite get it. 
But yeah. w- what they guarantee me is six and a half percent return per year. Yeah. So that's um, a yeah. It sounds like a variable. Uh, annuity. I mean, so we often do. I often do trash the variable annuities because there are often so many gimmicks and costs and so forth that are hidden in these things. But fixed annuity is something that really provides insurance value. It pays for the uh, it pays until you really die. Um, and but nonetheless, uh, all right. Your thoughts? How would you structure? Let's just let's just assume for the sake of argument, because normally if he Steve came to you, you'd probably take some haircut off that twenty million. Uh, uh, just in case, but let's just assume whatever the chunk of change twenty. It's it's probably let's say it's north of ten and, uh, or even fifteen. So that's a big amount. Uh, how would you structure this to make sure that uh, to provide for his wife? Sure. So uh, I would say all taxes aside, not not factoring in taxes. Uh, the some the the story I always use is that. There was an example of someone who sold their company for $250 million net, and within a 10-year period, they had less than $2 million left. The reason why I bring it up is because it doesn't really matter how much you sell your company for, and $20 million is a lot of money. It's how much you spend. Now, assuming a very conservative rate of even 2%, like on the dividend yield of equities, you can easily make $200,000 a year. It all depends on how much your monthly expenses are and if that two hundred or $300,000 a year is going to be enough for you to be able to live off of. Now, you mentioned you have some, some health issues. If the health issues uh, cause your living expenses to be a little bit more during your lifetime and then, then taper off once upon your passing and then now you have your only your wife's lifetime to live off of, that's something you kind of take into consideration. But I think depending on how much you're going to spend, um, I think you can invest it really conservatively and still have a pretty good either dividend or interest income from that to, to meet your living expenses. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of options here. I mean, I think, you know, uh, even just having a stock of money and living off that is is going to be fine. Uh, it, it, so, I mean, you could easily structure payouts there. I mean, if you're if you're really concerned about her living a, a really long time, I mean, you could potentially even buy some fixed annuities. Uh, it just be managing the, the, the costs. Uh, uh, clearly uh, associated with that. But I think, you know, it's having a pot of gold there and you could easily manage the withdrawals there. So thanks. For, uh, good luck with that. And thanks for the call, uh, uh, Steve. And let me squeeze in one last one, Zach of West Virginia. How can you help you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I was just calling today. Um, I'm a new grad. I've been working for about eight months yeah. um, now. And I was just pretty much trying to figure out, you know, I, I have some student loan debt, Um um, I'm bringing home around 4000 after taxes, and I have around $2,000 of expenses you know, after paying you know, uh, the minimum on loans and stuff like that. So that extra $2,000, um, I'm just kind of like torn, you know, should I, should I aim my focus at just killing the debt or, you know, kind of like a balance between, you know, investing and paying off the debt? So I, I just kind of wanted to get some Yeah, what type of debt? What's the interest rate on in your debt? Um, I have one private loan, and that's eight percent. And mm-hmm. there's like four thousand uh, dollars, forty six hundred dollars of that. And then um, the federal loan is like yeah. So let's just focus on the eight percent. And we, if you were to invest the money, uh, it, like a four hundred one k, something like that, uh, would you get some type of match? Uh, yeah, I'm already doing. I'm doing that. Yeah. Okay, all right. And so, the, are you already qualifying for the full match? 
Uh, yeah, 6%. 6%. All right, and so you basically say you have some money left over. What to do with it? Would you get additional matching if you, uh, uh, or you, you see, would you have to go forfeit some of the match to pay down your student debt faster? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. I, I, I'm contributing uh, 6% of my paycheck right now. Yeah. Um, that's what my company matches up to 100%. So pretty much just that extra $2,000. Um, you know, I'm thinking about either starting a Roth IRA or okay. paying off or paying that. Okay, so it's yeah. purely extra no. on top of that. It's purely extra on top of that. All right, so, uh, it, it, all right, your thoughts, and you know, we only have about a minute left in terms of the extra 2000 bucks. does he work on that two, 8% or does he uh, open up something like a Roth? I, I would say focus on that 8%. Yeah. But, uh, it looks like there's only about $4,000, so I think you can uh, kill two with one stone here. You could knock off that 8% loan pretty quickly and then still give you enough time to be able to maximize your Roth IRA for the year. Uh, if you haven't done so already for 2019, I would probably recommend doing that first. So that way you get 2019 out of the way and then start taking away at the 8% loan and then uh, also start uh, putting it for 2020 Roth IRA. All right. Fantastic. And I completely agree. I mean, getting that 8% is a much bigger target because it is a risk-free return of 8%. You're not going to get that on kind of your raw. So thanks for calling, uh, Zach. And thanks, Ara, for coming back on the show. And you can find out more about Ara by going to his website, which is acapam.com. Um, that's A-C-A-P-A-M as in Mary, A-C-A-P. Uh, For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.